listeners, welcome back once again to Lost in Postulation. I'm Neil Fitzpatrick and I am joined by a man who tried his best to extract an apology from me last week unsuccessfully, but will he do so today? That is the question. It's Nicola Volpe. Welcome back. I'm going to have to, and I am joined by Alexander Lukashenko of Copenhagen here, election denier. Well, I, I, a lot and of things were, were said. Look, a lot of things were said last time in heat and in, in heat of the moment. You know, uh, words were thrown on both sides. Let's be let's be clear, both sides. Anything we regret? A lot of bad hombres. You know, it, rather than having regrets, I always think it's best to you know learn and move on. You know, I'm listening. I'm learning. I hear you. We're we're all better people. You know, we're all striving to be better. We here for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the classic. Oh man, I need to go watch it again. Oh, Succession. Man. Jeez. Mark Strong. Just out there somewhere. Uh, somewhere. He's, he's yeah. on these streets. Yeah. We, Jeremy. Jeremy, not Mark. Right. Mark got you again. Putting in, yeah, you got me. But, uh, Mark putting in the work, of course. We love, his, we love his work, just not on Succession because he doesn't feature on it. Exactly. The bold, strong man from Kingsman. Yeah, among others, yeah. Uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, did a great job. John Le Carré, novel. Great Cold War <sighs> Phenomenal. times. I read it as well. It's Absolutely. great. Yeah, it's good. Oh, sh- oh, I forgot to bring you that book. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. well, <laughs> small detail. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Uh, here we are. So... Neil, got a lot of postulations from the listeners oh, okay. uh, this week. They sent us in a lot. They were very opinionated. Mm. Uh, we will share more of that later on uh, on a few segments today. But if the listeners want to keep those things coming in, please reach out to us. That's lostinpostulation at gmail.com. It's our X account of at inpostulation while well, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Neil has already read the entire Walter Isaacson biography of his hero, Elon Musk. 100% every page. And it's only on the second or third reading that you really get the right. detail. Yeah, Notes yeah. in the margins, like you did for the Prince Harry ghost-written yeah, memoir yeah, yeah, yeah. earlier well, this year. That was my holiday favorite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Funny, awful stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Your favorite family. Um, and then, at Lost in Postulation on Instagram, well, you'll see a bunch of fun interactive polls. You yes, sure will. Asking for your feedback. Listen. And you can catch us on YouTube these days as well. We have a a burgeoning YouTube channel. Is that the right word? Yeah. Fledgling YouTube channel. It's uh, the no, last No, fledgling isn't good. Is it not? Okay. No. Well, it's fledgling good. Fledgling is like it's flaming out. Oh, no. No, no. I it's believe, good. Yeah. I think it's good. So Fledgling is good? I think. Well, let's, it's let's like we can sh- double check. Scrappy right? upstart. Yeah. Let's say to the listeners, insert word here, which describes a channel which is just coming into its its strength and it's, it's growing. Nascent. So, yeah. We have a th- two or three videos on there now. And uh, who knows? That could be a, a place uh, where you'll find us more and more. So keep an eye out. And I think that's all the socials, right? I think that should be all the socials for the professionals looking for an outreach. We are on LinkedIn. Are we sure are? Yeah, we actually... The Lost in Postulation yeah. podcast. Forgot about that. Yeah, true. Yeah, very serious face up there. Always. And then remember that we launched a new podcast as part of the LIP network, which is Hossman FC, a podcast for football nerds by football nerds. 100%. Like Neil. Uh, well... Uh, well, football stats nerd more and more well, there just don't is. ask me anything about anything not to do with Premier League anything and, uh, visual about the game don't ask me like what players look like or anything like that I don't no. know but you must be quite proud of your Irishman who beat South Africa in that the was, Rugby World yeah, Cup yeah quite huge yeah 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 big match because didn't I say a few weeks ago I was like or last week I was saying we're going to lose to South Africa in the you group did? stage and that was you know the harbinger of, of doom so we've beaten them and I would argue now my I'm, I'm just about opening yeah. the door to optimism where I'm willing to say we might be in for the with a little shot here. Well, yeah. there you go. Are you going to go on the record here on this podcast and say you're going to win it all? Definitely not. No, no, no. Never. I've, I've not learned, even before learned my fun. lesson. Basically, my, my lesson is never to go on the record about anything on this podcast. But uh, what I will say is... <laughs> That's uh, quite a lesson. What I will say is that there's a chance. There's a good chance. Yeah. The Irish are brothers in arms. Great affinity between the Italians and the Irish. Great affinity, as we've discussed before, actually. Yeah, yeah. No love lost. No, definitely not here. And Neil, kicking things off with a mundane postulation. I need you to postulate with me. Oh. As you know, I'm coming off of uh, last week, having gotten my wordle in one. Oh, that was insane. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Contemplating retirement from the game now. Would have understood. I would have understood. Yeah. It's a great feeling. Have you done that before? A one I on your word? I mean, I, I always open with slate 100% of the time. No. And I think it was the word it, once. So the slate once. There you go. Yeah. You know what I opened with on this one? Close. That's a weird Close. call. Yeah. Yeah. Close isn't in my, you know, early guess repertoire. Okay. Yeah. You might, well, don't consider it anymore because no. you're not going to get it. Now I can rule it out. Yeah. <laughs> but Wordle, fantastic. You and I have been texting it back and forth to each other for the better part of two years. Totally. Why? Yeah, because it's wordlessly as well. Like yeah. we send it to each other 
with generally no reaction whatsoever. Not even any banter. But I, I kind of still like it in, in a weird yeah. way. But now, so is this the this is the core postulation we're going for? Why do we Wordle or why do and we send other it? games? Right, because yeah. there yeah, yeah, yeah. has been an uptick in even if you just look at the NYT, the crosswords, oh, 100%. spelling bee. Now you and I started playing connections like that. As that one's yeah. a fun one too. That's yeah. really fun. I'm playing that one every day now. It's part of the repertoire. Yeah. Then the geoguessers of the world. All of these yeah. games, right? And now there's the immaculate grids. Never heard of that. What's that? So for sports, where it's like a three by three box, and say on the top you have three teams, mm. on the other on the y axis you also have three teams, and you need to match what is a player that's played on oh, the intersection wow. of these two. And those are things Jeez. coming out like every day. What is the what's the deal here? Do we think like psychologically? Why what is it that keeps us coming back on these? Is it like a little dopamine hit? I think it's partially a dopamine hit because yeah. there is something for me visually when I get that wordle in three or yeah, under yeah. versus getting it in four mm. and me wanting that three bar to be All even green. with the four, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There's something about it, which is the dopamine. I think there's also the, the sharing aspect, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I send it every day to you, to my brother, to my dad, to, yeah. to my wife. Are yeah. they all doing them back or are you more? They're like, all doing them back, yeah, like yeah, yeah. consistent. Yeah. I mean, but it only takes, on a good day, it'll take less than a minute, right? Right. Or, yeah. Should. It's a quick. Especially uh, when you get in one. Quick you know? fix. Yeah. And can I recommend, actually, this is one of my nerdier admissions, but I still do the New York Times crossword, actually. Most most days you still do it most days yeah 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 that's impressive i fell down the rabbit hole yeah so that You've one been i actually at it for like a year and a half yeah, now. pretty much since i discovered it i was like wait yeah. i'm gonna pay and do this you know but now yeah. it isn't expensive and uh it's it's super easy on a monday and then also quite easy on a tuesday right and for anyone who's even slightly interested i really recommend try a monday and you'd be shocked how you'll get through it like 10 minutes you can do it probably yeah and then uh it gets insanely hard friday saturday but still uh, super fun if you have to, if you're free for like an hour yeah. on a saturday it's like a really nice uh it's a great shout you uh, also become a player of the game i remember you can improve so you might yeah, not yeah. get the first few thursdays and fridays right but yeah. then as you get into it you figure out okay when is it alluding to a pun or when is it alluding to a play on words and you kind of get all the tricks of the trade that our yeah. man will shorts Will Schwartz, talk about a legend of the game. Now, there is also a lot of vocabulary that you learn only because you do right. crosswords and stuff like that. But uh, once you learn all those, then you're, you're good to go. You know, it's, a, it's good fun. But yeah, why do we do it? That, that's a question I wish I could answer. Because you're not doing it now at this stage of your life to keep your brain sharp. No, although, example. weirdly, funny you say that, in my kind of post-COVID emergence... When I think I had COVID and during, resurrection, yeah, and during that time I was like, uh, just like not as sharp as I, you know, especially mm. when I had COVID, there's a bit of like brain fog and everything. Right. And I do, I did actually appreciate doing the the crossword, just as a kind of a come on, let's go, like you know, just kind of get right. the, get the brain moving, especially if you do it early, get a coffee and start going, you know. So there is something to it like that. Yeah, I can imagine for for the elderly like who do it, I'm sure there's like a pretty loyal fan base. It probably is a huge boon actually to their. Uh, mental health mental well-being like as they as they yeah, age absolutely. You know, keeps the brain sharp you Definitely. use it or lose it you know they recommend it actually i think like to yeah. to stave off you know early onset dementia exactly, and, and exactly. stuff like crosswords anything that a sudoku even sudoku yeah. actually not as hot anymore as it no, used to be right no what happened there there is there is actually if you want to go down that rabbit hole on youtube extreme sudoku solving where mm. a guy puts up a grid with one number in it and he's okay. like okay how, how let's think it through and he actually yeah. does step by step he's like okay if that's a two mm. then next to it cannot be a blah or a blah because then you know and he just goes right. through the whole thing and eventually he gets the second number and then it just goes from there it's unreal like the yeah. logic on these guys is and that's excellent. the other thing now is for all of these games you oh, can yeah. then go down a youtube or podcast or whatever rabbit yeah, yeah, hole yeah, yeah. of how to play it the best you then have the expert players like yeah. we learned when we were playing a lot of geoguess during the man, pandemic that is i don't think we give enough love to geoguess or at least we don't play it now as much as we did but geez that is like what a game an addiction and we were really like at each other's throats on it like we were man, we were doing the daily day. challenge every yeah. day and the max score you can get is 25k and we were banging in 18 19 oh, like solid. Every day. it was like we <laughs> were all stars and if you're yeah. a geography nerd it's like ah, yeah, it's so satisfying gets you all your vitamins though. and it taught me a lot like the difference how you can recognize the differences between say 
Japan or and Taiwan mm. or Korea and right. Japan. The it road with, signs. Yeah, and, just because yeah. you say with Taiwan and Japan, they're both driving on the left. Right. So then you're like, okay, but how, what are the key differences? Some of the road signs are different. You know, yeah. There's some amazing uh, little pickups you get. There. I might just get back into it. But I remember yeah. it being highly addicting to the point where I would be on work calls yeah. and would be yeah. totally zooming out and playing GeoGuessr <laughs> in the background. It's a killer, yeah. yeah. I'm uh, Totally worth it. I mean, yeah. When if it's a bad work call, then hey, why not? But, uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not condoning that. Just to Wor- be worst case, you give everyone in the call some geography knowledge. Exactly. Right? Just like, like, can I share my screen here for a second? <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, so, so this is the port what, of Incheon where, in South where, Korea. Where do you reckon this is, actually, guys? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, amazing game. So huge shout out. We've given shout outs now too. Wordle connections. Yeah. Quordle. Have you have you tried that? You know, when it's yeah. Forward? I actually yeah. I had a period maybe last year for like a few months where Quordle was my second one. So yeah. there's always. A s- Wordle is there every day mm. and then depending on what phase I'm going through it's either a Quordle or now it's connections for example yeah. Yeah, at yeah. some point it was spelling bee but spelling bee not not a fun yeah. it's just it never ends exactly you know so You're you just can digging. just go the whole day yeah I don't like it I think you can get to a score called genius which is when you found like right the majority but even then I'm like that's gonna take me forever yeah, you know I'm just a genius I exactly mean, come on come on right it's like, imagine if there was a game where it was like, name all the celebrities you can. You know, th- that sounds yeah. no fun at all, you know? New Yorker, the New Yorker does a fun one right. where they have guess the person or guess the celebrity. Yeah. And you have about 100 seconds and there's six clues. Mm-hmm. And every clue you use is ah. one less point on the score, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it'll start like, I was born in Dublin, Ireland to mm-hmm. blank and blank. Yeah. And then, and then gets, I should guess, if I don't guess, if I can't think it's Neil Fitzpatrick on that mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm, the next mm-hmm. one is like, for 10 years, I hosted the Lost in Postulation podcast, right? Yeah, and only then, 10, jeez. Yeah, yeah. But, and that's the beginning, right? Because yeah, eventually yeah, yeah. we get to your Hollywood career. Exactly. exactly. Uh, and then it's yeah, obvious. Yeah. So obvious. those are uh, quite fun. But yeah, I mm. think uh, very addicting. Massive. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a growth uh, space also for the future. Yeah, like, definitely. We're only scratching the surface. We've seen that people are willing to pay for it, as we've seen with the New York Times and others. I think this could be something uh, like daily routine-based stuff, you know, that, and, that ends up hijacking yeah. our dopamine cycle. Yeah. And they're not even, first off, they're super simple interfaces. Yeah. Second mm-hmm. of all, not really, they don't have to be app-based. So I just play Wordle in my browser, yeah, yeah, for yeah. example, right? Yeah. So it, it's quite weird that we've actually like defaulted to such simple things. Mm. And at the cost of games on iPhones, for example, mm. I don't download games yeah. via the App Store anymore. I haven't in years. That was, I think, a false start in terms of uh, a, a, when talking about growth spaces, mm. right? I think about 10 years ago or f- maybe like eight years ago, right. it was really being flagged. And a lot of major game developers in the proper hardcore gaming mm-hmm. world, you know, were saying we're going full mobile. There was a game announced called Diablo 3, which was going to mm-hmm. come out on mobile only. Okay. To, yeah. And this was announced to the outrage of gamers everywhere. Yeah. So so much so that the, one of the developers on stage when he was announcing it, they were booing them actively and he was like, yeah. don't you guys all have phones? You know, like, yeah. and this this elicited like massive backlash. Okay. People just yeah. do not want to seriously game on the phone. Like, there's, there's not that type of game, yeah, right? Yeah. I think there's just not yeah. enough precision. There's not enough like yeah. mastery available to you. You know, now yeah. there are some good games on phones, but generally I think it's, it's not where you go. It's not the type of gaming yeah. you want to do. Next time you're on a plane, yeah. I want you to look around at people ages 60 plus with iPads. Yeah. You will see that at least half of them are playing Candy Crush. Still. Oh, yeah. Still. Yeah. I that see it meme. every time we're on a plane. I see it. And I'm like, for three-hour flights, yeah. all they're doing is playing Candy Crush. I'm like, how? Yeah. How can you do that? That is impressive, I must say. Right? But, I mean, I was actually, speaking of phone games, the last flight I was on, I played Grand Theft Auto 3 on my phone for the full duration of the flight. Wow, okay. So I can recommend at least there's a few good games out there, you know? I would have taken you for one to be talking to to his neighbors. You would think, right? right? right. You would think. This was, maybe I was on a, I was just tired that day. Right. Maybe I'm just a classic introvert, yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) One or the other, yeah. And speaking of classic introverts, Neil, Mm. we got a segment coming up next where... You're going to have to own up to some things. I'm ready. All right. Yeah. After the break. Listeners, welcome back. And welcome back to a little segment I tried to launch last <laughs> week called Apologies. Yep. Yeah. Which Neil was not a willing participant in because he refused at the time... Mm-hmm to apologize to Jimmy Fallon for disparaging remarks which he had made on a previous episode, despite 
our listeners voting that he should have apologized. Yep. I think uh, I think I stand by that actually. You yeah. Stand, yeah. <laughs> he stands by that for now. So what you requested last time was that we go back out yep. and conduct a recount, another vote, a fresh ballot, a rerun, whatever you want to call it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. For the sake, you said, of democracy, even though you had lost 56% of 44%. Yes, that is okay. correct. That In is a correct. zero-sum two-party vote. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get to the results of the new poll, there's something I'd like to address. Uh-oh. Something very yeah. concerning. Yep, sure, sure. Um, that... I think we need to do some soul searching as a podcast. Fine, fine. You've put us in a very difficult situation. Fine. Sir. Please um, elaborate. So we had some listeners reaching out uh, during the course of the election. <laughs> That's fine. As, and, as is their right. As is their as right. Is their right yeah. uh, to provide instantaneous feedback. Sure. Um, listeners went by code names. They did not, as sources, they did not want to be revealed by their full names. Sure, sure. One in particular... Uh, conducted quite a lengthy investigation. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Went quite deep uh, yeah. through kind of this this person acted, let's say, as one of those, um, when they have those elections, say in Zimbabwe and whatever, they send out the, the UN observers to yeah. make sure everything is running well. Okay. Uh, even though it never really runs well, right? Uh, and uh, so code name of this UN representative is The Gray Ham. Yeah, I was I was thinking okay. he might go by like Hraham O'Gara. We don't know if but he it could or be anybody. Don't, yeah, but sorry, you know, they, like, they, 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 yeah. The, the gray ham. Yep. Uh, this you're getting a lot of yellow yellow cars here, huh? Already. So Collecting a few. Is, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not feeling very comfortable about this. But All right. um, the gray ham reached out and said that you tried to influence voting and Absolutely. they have proof. Yeah, well, here, let me... Okay, that's we, the first point. Do we want to take the proof and then my defense, or how do we want to do this? We can keep going. Okay, let me please, add, please, please. And then said um, that they can reveal those secrets, okay. but please only refer to them by their code yeah, name, yeah, exactly. the, yeah. the Graham, yeah, right? Sure, sure. Uh, to which I replied on behalf of the podcast, yeah. because I, I really, I felt ashamed to be an ally peer in that moment. Oh, wow, okay. For the first time, you you really made it a dark day in Alexia's. <laughs> and so I replied. Okay. That's what we are... I, I replied, indeed. Yeah. Uh, and the Graham replied, thank you for taking me seriously. To which I replied, as, as you should. You know, I consulted with our HR team, mm-hmm. our election team. Yeah. That's what we are here for, Ham. <laughs> we take all complaints of voter interference seriously and have them investigated by an independent commission. Oh, wow. Which I had initiated. Yeah. We have a zero-tolerance policy for this type of activity on behalf of all the staff and board at LIP. I didn't know you got the board involved. I went up to the Uh, 30th floor. I would like to. to express my sincerest regret for what you and your family have witnessed. (laughs) <laughs> so I apologize for you Thanks for part for of this already. I didn't. I mean, I didn't ask you to. But, uh, so Accountability. Now. Actually, this is a two apology segment then because we've already got one. It's, be, it's becoming days. one, indeed. Well, thanks for handling that PR nightmare. I think we've dodged a bullet there. Everyone's happy. We didn't have to pay him off as far as I... Uh, or her. I don't yeah. know. The left hand now knows what the right hand is doing. Fantastic. I think that's great. You know, accountability is important. Uh, for for what it's worth, I can, uh, I can only speak to what you're describing as... Uh, an initiative to drive voter turnout. I I was encouraging members of the pub, of the listening public to get involved to have get their, out the vote campaign. to have their say. You know, make sure mm-hmm. their voices were heard. So I raised awareness of the poll. I think it, it actually allowed us to attract more voters. More people uh, got to mm. see it. I was mentioning, you know, if it were up to me, and you know, my vote would have been a no in this uh, in this scenario. Mm-hmm. But I I let the listeners decide, of course, and uh, I believe they did, and they they voted with their with their thumbs. You know. Okay, so you're you're hiding behind the. It was a get out the vote initiative and not a stay home, wink, wink, don't vote. Oh, I definitely, it was, it was a vote encouragement. And any proof you have, I think will speak to that. Okay. I, I definitely wasn't saying don't vote. I was saying, please do vote. We'll have and to take that up with the independent commission. Yeah, let's you see know, what I'm the I'm not at liberty concludes. to discuss certain ongoing investigations. Oh, that's, it, would be, it would be immoral, yeah. So, yeah. no, fair. After fair. what's already occurred, I think we, we wouldn't do ourselves any favor. A lot of bad sure. blood, actually, yeah. yeah. Thin ice, bad blood. All of those. So... Now to the core, right, sure, of sure. this apology. The last election, you law. So the question had been, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Fallon, great entertainer or, you know, annoying. Overrated. Uh, right, overrated. Yeah. To which the great entertainer won 56% to 44%. Very close. 
This time we went with a poll that was even more direct, mm-hmm. so you could not refute the outcome. Okay. And it was, should Neil apologize to Jimmy Fallon live on the podcast? Yes. Yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. The results are in. And with 54.5% to 45.5%, our listeners think you should apologize to Mr. Fallon. That is fair. Can I can I just raise a, a small asterisk? This and isn't I, Fraser going, versus Ali. We're no, not no. going three rounds. I'm going to apologize, right? Before I do, can I just use the phrase to invoke the idiom of turkeys voting for Thanksgiving? Have you heard that phrase before? Turkey the country or No, turkeys? no, turkeys the animals, <laughs> okay. right? Because turkeys... now it's Turkey, yeah, even yeah. in English. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would bad. never, I would never yeah, refer to them exactly. as Turkey, Turks then. But, uh, you know, people always say, you know, it's like turkeys voting for Thanksgiving. When people vote against what is actually in their best interest, purely for some other reason, right? For entertainment reasons in this case. I think a lot of the public would actually agree with me on the Jimmy Fallon point, but they saw the question, which was, should Neil do this funny thing live on air? And they're like, right, well, the die is cast, you know? Wouldn't you say you set yourself up for the question to be formulated this way this time? I did, I did. That was my fault. But uh, what I would argue, and what we'll never know. By the way, the precedent pardons a turkey everything just one though just one though well, well those others you know. symbolic and i could have done with a pardon this time but it seems like i'm uh, i'm not going to be let uh, off the hook no but There's no okay forks. that was just a, a little aside a little uh, reflection i wanted to share with the with the listeners and yourself but uh i'm actually happy to to go with an apology and i've actually prepared an apology are we going to get our first apology in here absolutely to I have mr full Jimmy text Fallon. and i've written it down because i want to get it you know correct right? okay i appreciate that our listeners i think appreciate that 100 percent. so here it comes right it says to the devoted fans of jimmy Fallon. And actually, we should get some music going in the background here, just to oh, we've got something to. something quite uh, sad. And Producer and, Jack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, come on. He's asleep over there. But uh, okay, here we go. I humbly acknowledge my past skepticism and misjudgment regarding Jimmy Fallon's talent. Over time, I've come to see the genuine and remarkable abilities he possesses as an entertainer. His infectious humor, oh, genuine charisma... <laughs> A knack for engaging with guests are undeniable qualities that make him a true talent in the entertainment industry. Mm. I express my sincerest apologies for any misconceptions I may have fostered, and I now appreciate and respect the immense talent that Jimmy Fallon brings to his craft. His ability to connect with audiences, make us laugh, and create unforgettable moments is a testament to his skill and dedication. Thank you for your understanding and for being fans who appreciate his unique gifts. With regret and newfound admiration, Neil Fitzpatrick. Wow. Can we get a solemn golf clap? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Now, that was painful. I, I, I can't say I enjoyed that. Masterfully done, no? But what I can say mm. is that uh, I can't... Well, no, put it this way. What I can't say is that it was painful to write that. Okay. Because I didn't write that. That was the work of ChatGPT. <laughs> I, told, I, told, <laughs> I told ChatGPT... Uh, a very simple brief. I just said, can you write a heartfelt apology to fans of Jimmy Fallon written by someone who is admitting they were wrong and that he is actually extremely talented? And ChatGPT came through in the clutch. That was uh, very well put. So it's it, it was, unbelievable. It was satisfying. I mean, what, what's the issue? You know, this was no, a- the issue is that my friend, <laughs> you, last I remind our listeners that mm-hmm. you went 180 on chat gpt a few episodes ago you took your big bet from the end of last year yeah, yeah. and you said you were out i'm a seller still i am i am uh chat gpt the tool that gets less impressive the more you use it absolutely i still i stand by that but uh for this particular thing along with cocktail recipes and recipes in general chat gpt is actually pretty useful so if you ever need to apologize live on air for uh, a, a poll that doesn't go your way look no further i think we might need to ask our listeners whether that's within the rules. Well, I didn't segment. see. I didn't see no rule book. This is a uh, well. The fact that you game. didn't read it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I had help. Same I mean, with election tampering, you didn't see a rule book. You think uh, Joe Biden writes every speech he writes? You know, no. He, he, has no, a he was actually famous for in the eighties having plagiarized Neil Kinnock's speech. Oh, from da- the well, UK. there you go. Yeah. Great, <laughs> great choice of, uh, of example then. And still became president. So. Well, there you go. Eventually. So there's hope for us all. Yeah. All I'm saying is, you know, I made the spa- I made the statement. I stand by it. However, okay. I didn't write the statement, no, and I, I wanted to make that clear. I appreciate your efforts for still coming out and as an orator yep. does, yep. Uh, a great orator and exactly. doing that on this podcast. It, you know, I, I decided to be the bigger man here and the, the listeners spoke and, and the numbers are clear. So let's, uh, let's, let's both be big boys now, move on. You know, we've, we've, we've said our piece and uh, there's no more to say. Jimmy Fallon is, is a great guy. 
we love Jimmy and Jimmy just from me I've always believed in him I went on the record about it episodes ago so mm-hmm. this podcast should you wish to come on as a guest remains a safe space and we don't even need to have Neil on it for that episode yeah I feel like he, as long as I'm on it he won't be coming on just too many too much bad blood too many bridges burned you know yeah. but hey I've been wrong before as we've uh, clearly seen yeah. so I could be wrong about this too what started with a kickboxing class ends with an investigation about election <laughs> integrity sad to see but yeah. sometimes that's how it goes but thank you sir for your apology and then we'll cut to a break and come back with our core segment for today And with that uh, uncomfortable segment now firmly in the rearview mirror, and uh, we're we're just ready to move on. We don't need to uh, to spend any more time on it. <laughs> so uh, let's get into the core postulation of the episode. We are here to talk about festivals, specifically music festivals. How do we how do we feel about music festivals? How do I feel about music festivals? Mm. I'm not a big goer. Yeah, um, I've been to some. I've even been to some big ones, like Tomorrowland, for example. Uh-huh. Not yeah. for the whole weekend. I'm uh-huh. a one day kind of guy. Yeah, that's yeah. that's more than enough. Uh-huh. So to begin with, I think in general, when it comes to live events, mm-hmm. I'm a sports guy nine out of ten times. Right. Yeah, yeah. That one out of ten times, I'll go to a concert of. A specific artist I really want to see. The Boss, for example. As was The Boss this yeah. summer, right? Yeah, but that yeah. was my concert for the year, whereas I went yeah. to many more sporting events throughout yeah. the year. Um, the festivals for me has always been a bit like, I don't want to go to this full day at times kind mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, orgy, uh, for lack of a better word, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where maybe I'm only interested in one 50-minute set interesting um yeah that's kind of been my experience with uh-huh, them right uh-huh. and on the other hand you go to some of them like tomorrow and it was still you could say a crazy experience you had 16 18 stages bouncing from mm-hmm, one to the mm-hmm. next you're there with your friends everyone's waving their flags of their country etc but it was kind of also like okay i've done it i'm not yeah. going back next year i'm Put not going back 10 years like that's it you know this really runs the gamut as well i think you're one end of the spectrum you're a type of person who's basically has no interest has even tried mm. it and is like no thanks and i like music yeah, yeah, yeah. to be clear right? and you and you like concerts so that's right. not the issue but then there you've probably encountered on the other end of the spectrum these religious fanatics of festivals music festivals my go, wife is borderline yeah, one of them for roskild i guess yeah, or, yeah, exactly. yeah exactly so like there are certain people who have certain festivals who to them it is part of their identity mm-hmm. and an integral part of, of who they see themselves as. right and that's what i wanted to get into really on this one it's to dissect a bit what is it exactly that we go to festivals for mm. is it music because i don't think so right and that's what we'll get into but i thought uh, before we do that it might be good just to track a little bit of the history of music festivals because there's some interesting stuff there and it will inform i think the postulation that we get to later on when we have that history in mind right so when did they start you'd be uh, you'd be surprised to know actually that the first ever example of something that could be described as a music festival mm. dates back to the sixth century bc okay something called the pythian games which would have of course consisted mostly of athletic games like all right. the, the Athenian games like the Olympic the games yeah. exactly yeah with the the only difference being they had musical competitions and performances going on mm. so people would prepare a song and then judges would kind of choose uh, which one was the winner but that could and has been described as the first example of like a music festival an event okay. where musicians all came together and yeah. people all watched them but as a competition so kind of like yeah. our x factors nowadays yeah exactly they were pretty much actually yeah right. so having a competitive element isn't something that we think of today with, with festivals but still this was the first of its kind, the okay. kind of, that we have any documentation for at least, right? Well. So then if I, they took on lots of other examples, right? I'm sure over the 2000 years since then that you can probably find many others, but it was only in the late 60s of this or of the last century mm-hmm. that we start to see festivals really become what we know them as today. Mm-hmm. So still, I would say a relatively new phenomenon, like not something that has been an integral part of human history, not something that we've evolved with. As right. Such, right. In my, in my, in my view, let's see what we, what we think, right? Uh, the big example that people cite is the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967. But actually, there was a festival one week before that, which okay. just pips them to the post of the first ever music festival okay. in, in the modern sense. That was the uh, amazingly named Fantasy Fair oh. and Magic Mountain Music Festival, also in California. Sign me up. S- trust those Californians to come up with it. But Because uh, Monterey was Monterey, California, right? Also, yeah. yes, yes, exactly. So... Uh, 
that said though that was like a slow start and then we had woodstock in yeah. in 1969 jimmy hendrix exactly which has gone down as like a touch point everyone knows what's right. right and then uh i can't talk about festivals without mentioning glastonbury mm-hmm. starting in 1970 found this quite interesting actually it was open to 1500 attendees and they mm. would get free milk as part. Uh, it was it was held on a farm. So the milk board was really... Oh, you know, they were all over this. Wow, yeah. okay. They had their ha- fingerprints all over it. Um, and funny enough, it was started because the farm was in debt and needed to pay off its debts. And it okay. said, hey, why don't we use the land, put on some some music? Nothing like lukewarm milk in the middle of summer. Exactly. Nothing like uh, nothing like some burgeoning debts to uh, motivate a music wow, festival okay. either. Impressive. Now, what's interesting, though, is I said there was 1,500 attendees, right? Right. Just for comparison... To, to speak a bit to the growth of festivals, yeah. guess how many performers there were at Glastonbury this year? Oh, goodness. Probably close to 1,000. Uh, try 3,000. 3,000 performers, performers over two weekends, is it? Uh, a week. Just like thurs- week. Thursday, Friday, Jeez. Saturday, Sunday, basically. Like, but Glastonbury... 3,000 performers yes. doing music. Exactly. Or, or other, right? Comedy, whatever. You okay, know, yeah, there's sure. There's a mix, right? Still. But Glastonbury, just the scale of that thing, and that's not even the biggest festival in the world, mm. Like that—that that is a a city now that forms once every year right. to two hundred thousand attendees every year that that flock to this farm basically, and it in, takes in them three hundred sixty-four days to organize. Oh yeah, right. They're and already planning next year is the moment oh, the lights go advance. off. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I mean, COVID nearly put a put the last nail in the coffin for it, but it has survived yeah. and and is thriving. But talk about growth, right? This is this Incredible. has gone from being, and that's one example, but it speaks to the overall trend. Music festivals are here to stay, mm-hmm. growing like crazy. Yeah. Each one more and more than the last. I think social media has played a huge part in that. Uh, but we the, the names now of the big festivals are, are real touchstones for us. We have Coachella, Glastonbury, South by Southwest. You mentioned Tomorrowland early yeah. on. Burning Man is a big Burning one. Man, People seem to love to talk about the, the, whether or not they've been to Burning Man. But uh, this and is what I wanted to, to get into. Proliferate right? their selfies about it as well. Oh, well, right? the, more and more. And that's yeah. really going to be core of this discussion, I think, which right. is what is it that people are buying? when they spend the money and buy a ticket mm. to a festival, right? Because as you say, music, yes, music plays a big part. It's there, it's everywhere. But I can speak to my own experience and say that of the festivals I've been to, Glastonbury, for example, 2019, I was there. Yeah, I think I saw like five acts. And I know that's going to sound like, oh, you were just drunk the whole time. But no, not at all. No, you were selling the beer, weren't you? I was working for yeah. one thing and that yeah. was only a few shifts here and right. there. But beyond that, we were just walking around, just seeing what was going on. Right. Like just literally talking to new people, like seeing a random comedy show. Like there's there's so much else going on at the right. festival. And I loved it. I wouldn't change anything. I didn't come away feeling, oh, I missed all the music. Right. Even though there was some of my favorite acts playing, I was like, oh, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. And it's going to take 40 minutes to get there to the other side of this massive, massive site, right? But uh, I had some some thoughts on this, right? To answer the question of what is it that people are buying? And like the uh, apology that we heard earlier on, <laughs> I actually also reached out to my buddy ChatGPT on this one. Oh, just because just he's such a good, or they or it, is such a good postulator, ChatGPT, mm. actually. One of the most talented in, in the business right now. Wow. Okay. And uh, so ChatGPT threw out a few ideas. Uh, it said... Could it be about intense camaraderie or membership of a tribe, for example? Oh, intense camaraderie. Well, it is intense. I mean, you've, yeah, been, well, to, you've been to Tomorrowland, yeah. right? It's like Traumatic, even. For those few days, yeah. it's certainly not going to leave your memory anytime soon, no. for better well, or worse. Well, it depends how right? many drugs you take. Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah you may, you may well. not remember it in the first place. But uh, beyond that, th- so intense camaraderie or tribe membership, like the fact that you can say, you know, I went to Burning Man. I'm one of those people. I'm a right. burner. In fact, is a word. That, that, that's how, what they call themselves, right? It's a patch. So it's buying membership to an exclusive club that mm-hmm. you think gives you some kind of social value or some kind of uh, social credit, right? Right. Or it could be about escapism or adventure, just like buying a ticket to something 180 degrees flipped from your normal everyday life, you know, right. as opposite to your normal life as possible and creating memories along the way. And then also the third possibility, a bit linked to the first one, is about rituals, which is a big part of our, of our evolution and history, right? We're all we're creatures of ritual, 100%. Yeah, it's like definitely. part of, part of what uh, unites us. But those are just some, some what's the word, you know, starter postulations just to get the ball yeah. rolling. But uh, you are on the record, as we know, of being a non-festivals fan. No, not enthusiastic about it, definitely. Like, no. you'd, you'd, you'd really have to pitch me to join you to go to Glastonbury yeah. next year. I don't think I would even try it to be honest. I just don't think you'd like it, you know? Right. But then my first question to you is, could you think of a way to make a festival something you would want to go to? How would you fix it? It would have to probably be like the festival aspect of it. 
and actually inspiration from a listener writing in to we we polled our listeners mm, about mm. this and they were quite heavy overall actually on selling yeah. them as a proposition right and out on the festivals one of them said the reason why was because and i quote too much music not enough festival agree right so again if i'm going for the music i'm going to go to the concerts of those two guys I want to see at some other point during the year, right? Yeah, yeah. What is the rest of the product, as you say? Concession stand with beer here or there, random, you know, tossing a beanbag. I can go to the carnival for that, yeah, right? So yeah, yeah. if it was more festival, right? If And there I don't, I don't know where to begin, right? But if I'm thinking like, why do I like to go, for example, to the Olympic Games? Exactly. Or why do I like to go to the European Championships of Football and maybe follow a team around a, a new country for a week during that mm-hmm. because of this festival atmosphere that is around those types of competitions. But I totally buy that point. But do you not think also there's a tribe membership thing to this as well? That you mm-hmm. enjoy, you do actually enjoy being part of Oh, I got tribe. to go to the Olympics. Yeah. And you're one of them. Yeah, like you, you get yeah. to come away and say like, hey, uh, oh yeah, I was there. Oh, and right. they're like, wow, exactly. you, you got a ticket. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. always tell people like when you're watching the Olympics on TV uh, later. I was there, yeah. yeah. Have you ever been to an Olympics? Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. You know, I have. Right? I went to, so, I, when yeah. I went to the Formula One in Monza, I, I was right. dining off that for a year. Right. Every, every exactly. chance, every chance I got, I brought it yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. So there is definitely that aspect. And maybe actually it's the exact same for music festivals. It's Mm. just that I'm prioritizing those other things. And if music festivals were my priority over the Olympic Games, I'd probably have the exact same approach to it. So do you think there's any scenario, if we think about Glastonbury, just stick with that one, 200,000 people on a massive site, the size of of Copenhagen, basically that kind of size. Is there any scenario where you're going to say, I want to be there? Let's replace the music. Or let's say say it's 90% music now. Let's make it 50% music. Say there's some performing arts. There's some theater shows. There's a cinema. There, there is actually cinema there. But let's say there's, there's more. Mm-hmm. There's movies. There's uh, panel talks. You know, all right. that. Would that. Does it become more interesting or is it still just no? It might. I think part of the no for me is the logistics of I want to be able. I don't want to be there and camp for yeah. four or five nights. I want to be able to dip in and out whenever I want. Okay. You know, okay. have that type of, you know. And yeah. then be full on, full intensity, full energy for the things I want to do there. Yeah. There's when you pitch it as Glastonbury, though. In my head, at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, one of the biggest festivals in the world. And then comes in that exact yeah, thing yeah. of, do I, I want wanna, the patch? Do, do I, I want the say, the hey, medal of, hey, you've attended the Glastonbury, right? I was there, right? Exactly. It's like when I run marathons, right? Yeah. There's no matter what marathon you do, wherever in the world. And I've traveled four races. They're all the same distance, yeah. right? Usually the courses, like when you're an amateur, it's not changing much how much of it is slightly uphill versus yeah. not. Yeah. But still, when I went to Chicago, which is one of the six majors, mm. now it's like I ran a major. And actually, right? yeah. I and Mo Farah was there running it the day yeah, I was, yeah. right? And so <laughs> there is also that aspect. Now, I like to travel and I like to run. So those things come together very nicely and uh-huh. I like Chicago, but it's a major, right? Yeah. So there is that aspect. I'm totally, I'm, I'm not going to deny it. I We're think not immune to it, let's say. Nobody, not at all. It's, it's a not bit like, all. you know, the, the strongest advertising is the one that people think doesn't affect them, right? Right. So people always say, you know, ads, ads don't affect me. Mm. And please, please keep thinking that because the more you think that, the more effective the ad actually is. And Genuinely. FOMO is huge. Yeah. Huger than yeah, ever, yeah, yeah. probably. Not 100%. And on that topic of marathon running, I did notice this conspicuous thing now of Ironman completers getting right. the tattoo you know the oh IM. yeah on their calf or whatever exactly, you exactly. see it quite it's, often uh, your races. Yeah. and I, I think it speaks to the exact same thing mm. as burning man saying i'm a burner or saying i'm right. a glasto or whatever you know right so my i i'm basically all in on this point right i strongly strongly believe that the mm. product of a music festival is the going of the, the saying that i was there right as well as the enjoying being there but it's not the music right there's no exactly any real any person who actually loves music would tell you that's a terrible way to consume music right you're yeah. going to be walking twenty thousand steps a day to see five acts yeah. which you don't have the capacity to consume them all in one day and also from an acoustic point of view yeah, it's not dreadful, ideal right, right. Like, in many yeah. cases ranging from maybe on the main stage it's going to be okay right, decent but right. there's also going to be a hundred thousand people there so right good luck with yeah. all with their phones up filming it exactly. and not actually watching the concert and and the festival set of any act is going to be their best hits it's not going to be 
for the true like dedicated diehard fan it's not going to be diving into the back catalogue it's no, going to be exactly. like Mr. Brightside and then right. somebody told me you know like yeah. and it's, it's a one hour, 50 minute crisp set yeah, right yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're not getting that much from them over exactly that, you know, basically the music songs. exactly the, the, I've had great times at festivals but the music has not been the reason I had right. a great time in any case right? right so coming back to what I was saying it's like I'm all in on the idea that we are buying a ticket to tribe membership right mm. and ritual attendance and on that basis, I would actually argue there's a space for a festival to lean way, way more into the ritual and tribe aspect of it, way harder than they do today. Okay, yeah. Because... Cultish almost. Exactly. Because we have Burning Man, which is hard to get into. Glastonbury is extremely hard to get into. There's only 200,000 places, but about four hundred to 500,000 people registered, I think, for the last ticket release. Right. So about half of people just don't get to go. I would lean into that way even more. Mm. Make it not only a lottery system, but an application system where you have to justify why you should be allowed to attend this festival. Mm. So put out some proper barriers to entry, because then when you do get selected, it's even more of a of a rush, right? Right. Aren't you making something that should be bringing people together overly exclusive, though, then? And kind of, you're totally changing the yeah. product, right? Because they totally. also market themselves as... Uh, people coming in from all over the world different backgrounds yeah. whatever but that could be the selection criteria we could we could have right. it as say if we're Quotas. doing if we're doing lip fest right yeah. and we have uh, it's 100,000 places and we have 80,000 uh, white guys applying yeah. we actually say to them well no sorry no, guys exactly. we have 20,000 and yeah. uh, you've ticked the box now so you you don't get to go lip because fest. we're leaving space for, yeah. for lip fest right Wembley uh, Stadium like Crouch Fest I think we need to find an open kind of field. I don't like the I don't like the stadium. Vibe yeah, that'll limit our attendance. Too exactly, much. exactly. Yeah, Only yeah. ninety thousand. We so, need like yeah. unlimited growth potential. Yeah, fair. Ref Saloon, for example. For example, <laughs> that's well, that's one where go. they do uh, yeah. Copenhagen. But um, we'll get there. But I think barriers to entry like that application process it's identical to say like a, a prestigious MBA. You know, yeah. To get into those, you have to do a serious application process, pass a lot of exams, yeah. and that's what makes them so appealing. The textbooks. I'm sorry, yeah. Harvard goers, but the textbooks at HBS are the same ones as Century College Community College down yeah, the street. Exactly. But what are you coming out with with the Harvard MBA? Yeah, exactly. The patch. Exactly. So that's, that's the what first. we do everything for. Exactly. Jesus, this becomes super CV. cynical. It's so easy, but it's yeah. so easy, yeah. it, which it often does on this yeah. podcast. But but we like that. We do like that. That's what postulation is <laughs> all about. So that's step one, I think, to fix festivals is make them harder to get into okay. and require more effort and more distinction when you do get in. To be able to say, mm. I got in. A bit like the, the, is it the Chicago or the Boston Marathon? Which one is the hardest to get into? Boston is the hardest. Yeah. yeah. So uh, people love, 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 love to be able yeah. to say, I, I got in. Yeah. No. Even just no, say exactly. they got in. Right? Yeah. So, Not even necessarily because they qualify, but maybe because they donated X amount yeah, to yeah. cancer, which point, is great. doesn't yeah. even matter. The point is, if you can say you got in, right. you're, you're doing well. Right? Exactly. So that's step one. And then what I would do, step two, is build in way more ritual to each day of the festival. Mm. Because... Something like Burning Man has the the big burning ceremony. I can't remember what they call it, where they burn a big effigy on the last day, right? Right. And that's the that's the culmination. Everyone's taking photos, and that's like the the thing that happens every year. And it's always right. the same. I think a good festival should be doing that every day. There should be something. There's like, and Roskill does it as well. They have that naked run, and they have like, you know, every yeah, every festival has like certain stuff. Yeah. Uh, Glastonbury has the Legends slot on the Sunday right. evening, where it's always like someone like. Uh, Elton John or right. know, Paul Elton John on his 30th farewell tour. <laughs> exactly. For real this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Stormzy with his bulletproof vest. Exactly. You were there I for was that. there. I was yeah. there. Yeah. You see, I still get these things, even though I wasn't there. I'm like, yeah, that would have kind of been cool to see Stormzy yeah, up exactly. there with his bulletproof exactly. vest. Yeah. That was the year also where you might have seen Alex, this random kid who was pulled from the crowd during Dave. Mm. Uh, Dave was doing a Okay. Yeah. And the kid like wrapped along with him. And like this went super viral. And I was there as well. And I was right. able to say to when people sent me that, afterwards saying Dave like, hey, not not Dave Matthews different Dave uh, <laughs> Santan Dave as he, as he calls himself he's unreal by the way but uh, people were sending me that in the aftermath and I was proud enough to be able to write back oh yeah I was there yeah I don't need you to send me the so videos. good yeah it was uh, good it was better life yeah. Yeah, yeah like I like your, your approach though what you're getting at ultimately is not making this bear which I think is important is keeping it democratic in a way so they're applying based on merits yeah. and not just upping the price to make it exclusive because no. big criticism of a lot of live performances in yeah. the last few years whether it be football or whether it or be taylor, taylor swift, swift or, concerts yeah. whatever hmm. is that the prices are borderline you know extortionate they and are. then the crowd you get is not actually necessarily representative of the ones that 
most want to go to Sadly. see these things, right? Sadly not. Although, if I could be a pure cold-hearted capitalist for one sec. As you are. Uh, you don't even need to pretend. <laughs> well, if I can amp that up to, to 100, right? In that example of, say, Taylor Swift, isn't it true to say that actually it's too cheap? Because those tickets are reselling at supply and demand deeply inflated or like insanely insanely inflated prices even to what they were listed for now obviously i don't agree and i don't understand why anybody would pay that money to go right. see tay tay but uh what tay tay yeah we're on we're on not only are we on first name terms we're on nickname terms um but more more the point that like actually that's an indication just like how glastonbury sells out instantly and double the amount of people who get to go want want to go mm. it's too cheap actually just being a pure cold-hearted yeah, economist right as you are now as i am uh, but is the answer to increase the the price no the answer is to increase the barrier to entry elsewhere elsewise right. otherwise right mm-hmm. so write your application say why you should go well say what are you going to yeah. bring to the festival what is it that why, why should we have you here are you going to contribute or are you going to take away from the enjoyment you know right that'd be cool yeah for optimum vibes is indeed. what you're going indeed for. and then imagine this a black mirror kind of scenario what if other festival goers could review you as as they were at the festival, right? No. So imagine you do something cool, you buy someone a round of drinks, and they go, "Hey, hey, hey what's your? Uh, I'm going to give you five stars, right? Like an Uber, oh, you know? Look at that. So then you come away from the festival with a big rating, and then if your rating is good, get next year back. you get straight back in the VIP. Queue. Actually, okay. oh, I think I'm on something here. Actually. I think you're onto something for the Lip Fest, and I'd like yeah. to workshop that a little bit here. Lip Fest is happening. It's just a question of when, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'd love that. I think I, I'm interested to hear what the listeners think on this as well. But mm-hmm. I do think music festivals, yes, they're growing. And yes, we see live music growing insanely fast. And we see the likes of Ticketmaster, Live Nation taking it over and ruining it. But at the same time, I think there's still there's still something out there that we haven't cracked, which is how to make someone like you want to go to a festival. Right. Someone um, who, for example, likes music, listens to a lot yeah. of music. But should we also maybe consider that maybe, maybe it's just not about the music? Like... Maybe this right, product. That's what we're getting at. Because you're you're happy to go to other things. You're happy to go to sporting events or things Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. So how can we get you happy to go to a quote unquote music festival? How much music needs to be there for you to want to go, or what needs to be right. replaced? You know, I right. just don't know. I don't have the answer. But that's what that's what's interesting about this postulation. Yeah, and then I think there is also like the tribal aspect is also the one which you said of ritual though, because what I see, for example, with with my wife and her her friends that she grew up with, mm. is that that Roskilde ticket, for example, is a, uh, yes, I'm in no matter what every year. Yeah. Whereas when they're asking me if I want to come, I'm like, let me look at the at the list oh, at yeah, who's yeah. playing. And they're all like, what? It doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. And I'm like, well, it does because I have no other connection to the place. Well, you don't. Menu, and that's right? true. So, you didn't grow up with and it, that's right? that's the thing. They right. have this connection growing up with it. So yeah. that perpetuates and makes it something but, super important that but they you can keep going to. Exactly, right. but you can so easily flip that around as well. Because mm. what last? What was the last football match you went to? You know, what was the last football match? Oh, or, or say, unfortunately, Champions League semi final oh, last spring. Yeah. Oh shit! But traumatizing. So, so who? What were the teams there? Just so it was uh, Inter against Milan. Exactly. Milan and you're an Inter, or which one are you? I'm a red and black AC Milan. Oh, you're in yeah. Milan, right? Unfortunately, so imagine, lost, yeah. imagine if you said to me, "Hey, I got two tickets to to Milan," yeah. and I said, "Ooh, who are they playing?" You'd be you'd be uh, yeah. insulted. No? I'd say show some respect. Yeah. You come regardless of who exactly, we're and that's it's the Roskill thing just flipped around. Yeah, right? I guess it is. So I guess it is. I right. think it's it, it's in, so interesting how yeah. we have these two standards where it's like in some aspects it's like oh I will go no matter what. Right. I, I'm a member of that tribe and I want to be there. But then if you're not a member of that tribe, it's actually very hard to get you yeah. to go, even though there's other fervent people who are dying to go. It does all come down to that tribalness, tribality, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. Because or else I wouldn't support a football club anymore. I'm a grown adult now. Why do I yeah. support a football club instead of just watching players I like to see and like a lot less stressful also? Yeah. But the tribal aspect, right? Exactly. The beef with the rival supporters and all of this is something that uh, that gives you a bit the, the boss, Gives us I guess, meaning. Right? Gives yeah. us purpose in life, yeah, it's, honestly. It's insane. It's yeah, insane. I mean, but there is yeah. human nature is what overarches this whole discussion, right? It got us this far, right? It's yeah. like uh, we shouldn't mess too much with our inherent like biology or right. evolutionary history. And like it or not, us loving being part of tribes is what got us this far. Because mm. the people who didn't love being part of tribes... Sadly, you know, due to Darwinian evolution, did not make it this far, right? So well, we yeah. have to, I think we do have to accept all of us deep down, we do want to be a part of a tribe. Right. So now as a, as a, as a terrible money-grabbing capitalist, my question is, how do we make money off that? 
LIP Fest. That's Lip Fest, Fest is happening. 2024. Lip oh. Fest 2024. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Allow the growth of the podcast to bring us there naturally. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and we can't just be podcasting for the whole length of it. There's going to have to be other, you know, activities there. I don't know what they're going to be, but this is uh, all for future postulation, yeah. I think. Anything we've championed, you know, I could see like games. Oh, yeah. With the Google reviews, you know. On There's the going to be a GeoGuessr booth. GeoGuessr booth. Stand-up yeah. comedians coming in because we've championed them so many times on this we podcast. Have. We've Jimmy's resuscitated joined. that industry. We have single-handedly, yeah. yeah. Jimmy, Chris. The lads, basically. Will will be there. They will reconcile on the stage thanks to your Parmesan diplomacy. It's just like a fever dream of all our episodes combined. Unbelievable. Yeah. Henry Kissinger will be there at the ripe old age of 101 next year. We have a hologram of JFK actually doing his uh, Rice College speech. At that, one point. That would be something. We chose to go to the moon. He's going to do it that's live on the main stage. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. That's impressive. That would be something. Yeah. And not his uh, Ich bin ein Berliner speech. No, he's not allowed no. to do that speech. No. The I'm a Jelly Donut speech. Yeah. Too much No, too much confusion there. No, okay. we, we want to get the... We choose to go to the moon. JFK. Yeah. Fantastic. Pour some out. Yeah. Well, geez, I think we've, we've thoroughly covered the topic. And I also feel we've only scratched the surface in a weird way. Like, Definitely. There's a lot here to unpack, and I feel like you could go down any number of rabbit holes. But for now, I think this will do. This preliminary postulation regarding festivals. Yes, exactly. And we haven't even gotten into disaster festivals like Fire oh. Festival, like the repeat of Woodstock, etc. That's a whole other one. Which yeah. I'm a big student of, despite not going to festivals. I love reading about stuff like that. Those are so enjoyable. Also from a pure kind of mm, guilt watch kind of point of view, because mm. it, may, it reminds you that, hey, I've made some big mistakes but I never did Firefest, you know, like, <laughs> right. I, I'm, 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 I'm be okay. Yeah, I may, I may have made some pretty terrible decisions in my professional or otherwise life, but not Firefest, you know, yeah. that was pure, that was so bad. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And Neil, you know, on that note, any parting shots for our listeners? Well, no, on this one, uh, like any topic that I kind of bring to the show with a lot of, you know, enthusiasm, this gusto. is one. Gusto. Yeah, gusto, if you will. This is one that I'd love to hear any thoughts on from, from the other listeners. So if anyone out there has any thoughts on festivals, how could you fix them? How could you make them mm. better? Do you love them? Are you a, are you an ardent festival goer? Which is it? Is it a big one or a small one? I'm just interested. So uh, let's hear. I'm, uh, all the usual channels are open, guys. We're talking Fantastic. Instagram, X, Gmail, YouTube comments, I guess. Yeah. All to play for. And better yet, if you are a festival host, not even hey, a goer, reach out. That make would be your nice. case. Tell us why we need to be there. Exactly. In the podcast booth or in yeah. the podcast tent yeah. doing, a, doing a live LIP. We're always exactly. open to that. Better be a good uh, good echo in that tent. Better than here. Yeah. Hard to beat. Hard to beat. Good audio here, quality. LIP yeah. studio. Studio Indeed. Cristal. And on that note, Neil, I'd like to thank you for joining. I'd like to thank you for owning up to your previous you know mistakes sure. flaws sure you are a flawed character but are, we love as those. are we all yeah exactly yeah. i'm like you know walter white i'm an anti-hero you just gotta wow, roll okay. that you gotta yeah that yeah. escalated hugely fast but there you go you gotta roll with the punches you know when the votes don't go your way what do you do you don't you don't ask for a recount you know you accept the results that's what i've learned you know through this whole process and i'm learning i'm learning and growing you know and as the tony soprano to your walter white I bid you and the listeners farewell. Goodbye. Until next time.